Welcome everybody. I'm glad you've joined us. My name is Ethan. And I'm Thomas. This is the Taraxicon Podcast, an informative podcast of Tarask proportions. So, today we will be talking about quests. What is a quest? A uh, very easy example is the brave knight going to rescue the princess in a castle. That would be an example of what a quest is. It is a journey that includes danger or some type of difficulty that usually ends up with rewards. And obviously those rewards can be very different things. It could be a material reward. It could be information that might tie into somebody's backstory. Uh, you know, it, but the danger difficulty bit is also very important in a quest because if it isn't dangerous or difficult, then anybody could have done it. And how would that be a quest at all? You know, that's a, it has to have some sort of challenge in it. Yeah, or else it's just kind of a task, not so much a quest. And obviously, even if it is something really hard, uh, you do it is. Like you need that experience. It needs to take uh, these events need to take place over the course of some time, because uh, the journey itself is just as important as the uh, actually like succeeding in your goal at the end. It shows like growth, it shows like challenge, adversity, all that stuff. Yeah, it's also a great way to just add in extra material for you know perhaps side quests. Uh, you know, perhaps it's just throwing in a little uh, NPC who might become important later on in the story. Yeah, so with these quests, uh, we usually typically take them and we either use some smaller ones and add them together that overall encompass a larger quest that we call like a campaign. Uh, And when we make these quests, there are some things that we keep in mind uh, to make sure that they stay interesting, uh, challenging, and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, probably the biggest one would be a hook, you know, uh, to, to get people interested in even doing the quest. Because, you know, we've used the example before of uh, picking flowers, and uh, most people might not be too interested in it. But if there is an interesting reason for it, such as uh, picking flowers is illegal here, but it's super important because, you know, that's what we create medicine from and, you know, yada yada. It'll uh, intrigue people, make them feel like it's important to do this. And you don't have to, you know, get into the whole uh, railroading situation where you basically force people into doing the quest. And then once you, yeah, once you got uh, your players hooked and they've now, they've picked up the bait per se, and they're now trying to go along this quest, uh, you want to make sure that in that you uh, have the quest uh, type, uh, so to say. Uh, so, you know, you can have some quests that are just like uh, escort quests, some that are like re- uh, retrieve this item, maybe solve this investigation, uh, maybe kill this dragon, uh, so on and so on. Uh, Ethan, what do you think are some other examples of uh, quests? 
Well, I mean, you've got your basic go fetch this thing, uh, go collect these things, uh, exterminate types. Um, you know, you, you could get things that are a bit more nuanced, uh, you know, a little espionage. You know, there's there's so many different types that you can do. Go to war, yeah. kill your family, all okay, these kind well, hold of on. different kooky quests. <laughs> Just kooky. have some fun. <laughs> That's a word. You want some real fun? You want some real fucking fun? Kill all of your friends. <laughs> Whoa, what's the reward? <laughs> well, that's not the as Ebony important. Blade from Skyrim. It's not as important as the journey. <laughs> No, yeah, it's going to be fun every step of the way. So, you know, you got your hook. Uh, you know the quest that you're doing. Uh, so then you want to make sure that when you're making a quest for your players that there is, it's not just point A, point B instantaneously. Make sure that, that there is length, there's some variety, some pacing in there to uh, kind of bring in good times, bad times, and make it more uh, a richer uh, story overall in that timeline of however long you want the quest to be because like we said before it's it is a very core part of the quest it is uh, one of the things that people will get out of it to like get the uh, the fun yeah I mean I like to think of it like the hobbit you know uh, if they didn't have to go through the mountain they didn't have to go do all of the things in between it was just hey we got this ring we're going up to this uh, volcano, <laughs> toss that in, and that's it. Well, then that's not much of a journey or quest. There's not a lot of room for progression, development, growth, those types of things. But uh, ultimately, one of the most important things as well is a resolution in the quest. Um, much like in The Hobbit, you know, it's getting rid of the ring, and uh, that is the ultimate resolution Spoilers. for their quest. If, all right, look, if you're playing D&D and you haven't seen The Hobbit or at least read it or whatever, you're really slipping. Can you even say you're a self-respecting nerd then, you know? <laughs> you know, they have, they're having those, uh, a, I don't know if it's Magic the Gathering, but I know that Lord of the Rings is having their own, like, uh, card game. Mm -hmm. And they're putting one copy of The Ring and whoever finds it, <laughs> it was found actually. Really? Yeah, I think it where was, was in it? Either Vancouver, or Toronto, somewhere is in Canada, and uh, there's like Damn. a bounty on it for like two million dollars or something. Right. But yeah, they it is magic. In a volcano. <laughs> they want to destroy the card, much like how the ring got destroyed. Yeah, if I couldn't use the money, that would certainly be fun to do. Be like, oh. Oh, I mean, you know, take I'm the money this. and then and then they they throw it in the volcano, and you get to just keep your money. And that's uh that also leads into the reward aspect of what we also want to include in our quest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Typically, whenever your friends and party members have finished that quest you've made for them, and it comes to that resolution. Everyone's smiling, shaking hands, slaps on the back. It all means nothing if you don't give them something for it. All right. If you tell them it's about the friendships they made along the way, they will probably kill you. So, or they'll kill a character or your favorite uh, NPC. So to avoid that, you want to kind of entice them to uh, 
avoid those uh, violent behaviors. So types of rewards uh, you want to kind of look to give. Uh, you could go for like lore rewards, like for the story or backstory development. That that could be like a very um, enjoyable thing to get. But uh, a lot of people like uh, you know standard. You get some gold, get some cash, uh, give some electrum. <laughs> Everyone loves that one. Uh, give them some magic items, or maybe even just some standard items like new weapons and armor, things they could sell or use magic spells scrolls uh all sorts of things yeah i mean i'm always a big fan of uh receiving material rewards uh you know it it's great to be able to look into your inventory and see that you've got a whole bunch of gold and uh you know that, that makes it feel like you've been doing stuff <laughs> well because in in the beginning of like D D, for example the first like editions of it uh gold was your xp mm -hmm. so like that was literally how you would level up and stuff is you had to keep accruing wealth yeah uh also some dnd lore or forgotten realms uh lore is that um the reason why dragons accrue like hordes of wealth uh technically because you know they're like malicious and they love having money so like that's fine but uh, it's also necessary for them to pass on to like the dragon afterlife. Certainly interesting. Little Fizzband's knowledge. <laughs> Is that in Fizzband's? I'm pretty sure. Uh, Fizzband's covers a whole lot of dragon lore and knowledge. Um, I haven't exactly read all the way through it, but I did go ahead and uh, you know went and read up on great worms and a, a couple of the uh, the gem dragons and that was certainly fun but back to the topic on hand thomas what do quests do you know uh you could we obviously know that there's the hook the quest the actual journey a resolution and a reward but what does it do for the table because yeah obviously you could just give them only rewards you just give them a bunch of stuff, and like that won't be as fun as if you uh, um, put it on a stick for them. So, uh, giving them quests is going to help them uh, engage more in roleplay. Uh, it's going to help them interact with each other and the world you've made, uh, or just a world you're in. Uh, it's going to obviously it's going to have some more fun in there. Uh, you're going to have a better time going in the ups and downs of the you know the constant changing environments and situations they encounter. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have uh, a lot of content is going to be kind of uh, put back into the game as they meet NPCs, discover new areas. Maybe they burn a town or two down. Uh, either the world will change as they move through it. So it kind of helps develop the world as a whole. Yeah, as well. speaking of the world, it also just kind of gives a good sense of pace as it as you move along and it gives progression, you know? So when they go back to a town that they, they went through on the journey, now they might have more time to stop and explore, but the people there, they might have helped them along the way in that first bit. So now they can come back and, oh, hey, how's it going, you know? Oh, we're so happy you guys made it through here. You know, it's great to see you. We're having a feast in your honor. These types of things. It's uh, very good to kind of keep pushing the game forward and, and moving things along. Uh, 
hell, they might have gone through and messed some things up, and now they have some, you know, wrongs to right. You know, burning down a village type thing. <laughs> and then also, obviously, it's a great outlet for the reward, you know? Uh, this, well, let's see. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, let's see what we got written down here. Uh, mix things up. It adds variety to your world. You know, some mm, people yes. are going in, like, you know, maybe your players want to take a break from the main campaign. Like, saving the world is great, but man, does it take a lot of work. Maybe they just want to go do, like, a simple quest or two, go party at the bar, go help out a dragon, uh, make some mead, maybe. Uh, it, um, when we and you know we also have a player progression. So when they do these quests, uh, they don't they could actually be quests that are also involved in like a uh, backstory. backstory. Yeah. So uh, the player will go ahead and develop more intrapersonal skills with and learn more about themselves and their character and you know whatnot yeah. and whatnot. And then obviously it's just a, a means of gaining loot to you know better your character or your equipment and magic items because otherwise they just do the main campaign point well, a point b and they get nothing for it not just that i think it's also like uh the outlet for reward point would be more along the lines of it gives a reason for why the fighter might now have a plus two long sword you know it, it gives reason for somebody to have massive amounts of wealth or like how the rogue um, has a uh, cloak of shadows, or and also why the rogue has the fighter's plus two longsword. Yep, yep. Um, so he stole that shit. <laughs> yeah, he took it from his party. <laughs> Classic rogue. Hey, be sure to watch our episodes on how to play and <laughs> better not do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how to keep yourself at the table. How um, to keep your character alive. <laughs> Yep, that's true. Uh, I had one of the first campaigns I ever ran in person was uh, had that issue because, you know, we were all grown adults at that point, and I didn't think it needed to be said that, hey, probably not a good idea to steal from party members, but guy wanted to do it anyway. And uh, when he finally got caught, <laughs> it just blew up the whole campaign. <laughs> We had a guy who didn't steal from other people, but he did wait for his one of his friends to pass out, like their character pass out, mm -hmm. and then uh, he proceeded to be like, uh, "DM, I would like to piss on him," and then he did. Yep. It's yep. like, uh, certainly wow. remember that one. Oh, mature, respectable <laughs> players. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what quests do for your game. Uh, so now that you are interested, I'm, I could tell that I've convinced you <laughs> within the 15 minutes of us talking. Uh, so now you might be wondering, how do I make a good quest? Well, there's a couple things you can do. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're going to want to make it entertaining. If you just got a bunch of bland shit in there and you're just like, you're in the bar, you're eating bread, you got to go pick up money and go to the grocery <laughs> store. Then you got to put it in a bag and bring it home, make a sandwich, and that's the quest. Obviously, that's not so entertaining. Uh, if you do that, your player's gonna be like, "I'm just gonna go. I could just go do that at home," you know. Like, yep, yep. obviously, you might want to try maybe some romance. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can do what you God, want in your campaigns. Oh. Do it. <laughs> now the thing is, 
entertaining. Uh, that you know, it's a lot easier said than done. So I think you know some good examples of of adding entertainment to a quest could be things like uh, fun, you know, NPCs that that might tag along for a bit of the journey, or people that they just run into. There might be some things that happen that kind of throw them off the path, you know, and uh, offer a little bit of combat or role play. And, uh, you know, all of that is to say it helps things feel alive, like they're actually in a world rather than they're just, you know, oh. Air in your lungs kind of shit. Yeah, you know, rather than, oh, we got to go kill this dragon, you know, that it's like, okay, yeah, I know we're traveling, but like, can we just speed it up, man? (laughs) I just want to go kill the dragon. Another thing is that, like, if you're... If the mood of your setting is very dark, maybe you don't want to do this, but let's say it's like lighthearted or even just normal. Like, feel free to throw in some random things in there that, like, you that, that like not even an average medieval quest would pertain to. Like, maybe someone wants to do a dance battle or like a rap battle, or maybe they want to like <laughs> learn how to juggle or something or play in the fair. Like, feel free to use a, a quest to set the mood. Uh, obviously, the example I gave was to lighten the mood, but you could alternatively have make your quest uh, set darker tones too. You mm-hmm. know, maybe you are investigating a murder, and then you find out that it wasn't the person that got arrested, but it was in fact a like shape shifting monster that is now killing more people, like Jack the Ripper style. Uh, so that's another thing that you can use in your uh, quest to make them uh, better, or just have them start out good from the get go. Yeah. So, quick spoiler alert here. Uh, feel free to skip ahead if you don't want to know anything about uh, the setting of Wildmount. But in Wildmount, there is an area called Felderwind Tillage. And the, I, the Watchmaster, I believe it is, was taken over uh, by a Rakshasa. And the Rakshasa has used modified memories on people all around, so they think he is the Watchmaster. And uh, that's certainly an interesting mood-setting bit that I had uh, on a longer overarching journey uh, for my characters to go through. So that helped uh, not only give some entertainment and break up monotony, but it kind of gave a little bit of a mood-setting thing. And uh, But another important bit would be to make sure that throughout the course of this quest there can be at least a little bit of character development and growth you know this way uh even if it's small yeah yeah that way people can continuously improve on their characters uh you know metaphysically not so much uh you know adding proficiencies or anything but uh you know perhaps on the way there's a little bit of a, a backstory thing they can do that might uh, change some issues that the character has, you know, wrinkle out or iron out some wrinkles rather. Iron out them wrinkles. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, one last thing you could do to try and make uh, your quest good is um, have the quest be more influential to your overarching campaign than like a normal quest would. So obviously, you don't want to have every quest do this, but. Uh, some quests you could have that would change the course of the story, uh, take it on a different path, or further the path they're already on. 
Mm -hmm. uh, an example would be you're doing a basic quest, but then you actually accidentally overhear some like highly political figures uh, discussing how they're gonna assassinate the king. You know, like uh, something like that that can be like your players are like, oh shit, I was just gonna go get eggs from the grocery store, <laughs> and now all of a sudden I know about this big ass thing that's about to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, so you can do something like that as well. Uh, there are some things, though, you want to try and avoid when making quests. And uh, obviously you can take the opposite of all of these things, but uh, some other things you can do. Uh, don't be vague uh, on the requirements for a quest. So if they say, hey, we need you to go get some wolf pelts, and they say, sure, how many? And they're just like... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just like a couple, you know. Just, just, nah, you know, just, just do some, bring it back. There. We'll see. <laughs> we'll tell you if it's good or not. <laughs> and obviously, you know that they're gonna bring back like thirty, and then the person will be like, "That's not enough." <laughs> Dang, we were actually looking for about fifty. It's like, oh, now you. Thirty-one <laughs> was the answer we were looking for. So don't do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, uh, another thing is just an uncompelling hook or just an uncompelling storyline quest in general. You know, uh, if you can't really get them in with the hook, I suggest maybe offering up a different hook at a later point. Uh, because if they don't feel intrigued to do it, it's basically you're going to have to pull them through the entire time and railroad them into doing things they're clearly not wanting to do. Yeah, so... Uh... When you're doing that, you also want to make sure that you are keeping pace in the uh, in your quest. Uh, if you have someone who's going, I guess the quest is like go kill a thousand orcs right now, <laughs> uh, and you just have and you have you have two seconds to do it, uh, and they go and do that. Let's say they somehow find a way to do that. Uh, the entire time they're going to be so amped up and so stressed out that uh, they might not even have time to focus or enjoy the fact that they are doing something that is entertaining or fun. So a lack of balancing on that matter and a lack of pacing on that matter is going to uh, make your quest a lot more troublesome for players to enjoy when you're not mixing it up, you know, highs and lows uh, in terms of like the... I was going to say speed, but pacing is just what it is. Uh, you're going to want to make sure there's some slow areas in the quest and make sure there's some fast areas and pick it up a little bit. Right. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things that, like, they can't be a group of level 5 adventurers and you're like, hey, by the way, uh, the town over has been having some really bad issues with an ancient dragon. We need y'all to go take care of that. <laughs> you know, that's just completely unbalanced, unrealistic for the characters at the time. Uh, perhaps you know we could you could say uh, there's an ancient dragon across the country that's been causing an issue. Uh, we want you to take care of that, but you might need to you know grow a bit first, you know, and then give them some things to do in between to level up, and that'll create an overarching story and quest for which you know your group can do. But most importantly, I think is you don't want to have you know, a lack of lows and highs. And with that being said, like, you can't have it just always bad for the party. Nobody's going to want to play that. 
But conversely, if you always have just nothing but good times, well, then that's not exactly very fun either because then the, the bar gets set up there and nobody's really ever getting to have lows which will make the highs seem better and vice versa. I think a good example is in a past campaign I did uh, with uh, you and others. Uh, everything was... Uh, always, almost like always low. It's like, oh, you're getting fucked here. You're dying here. You're about <laughs> to get arrested here. Uh, you tried to do this, but you fucked it up. And blah blah. blah. It, you know, you're gonna want to add these opportunities uh, and balance it out to where they do have those high moments, those climaxes of like, oh, you did do the right thing. Oh, everything is going your way. Mm-hmm. Oh, everything is great. Uh, if you if it's all balanced out and leveled out to just be like flatlined. Uh, then it is going to just be very stale very quickly. Because, I mean, and if you're doing this over the course of four hours, just doing the same fucking shit with no, like, <laughs> not mixing it up at all, like, man, I, I, it's, it is, it is, it will get boring. So yeah, do I make mean, sure that you uh, mix it up. Yeah, I like to think of it like a, a roller coaster, you know? If the roller coaster doesn't have any high peaks, you'll never get any speed. If it doesn't go low, You'll never have the the moments where it goes up really fun. You know, it's just on one level, you're doing a a lazy circle. (laughs) Yeah, it's boring. Driving a car. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with all of that being said, uh, you want to maybe take us through some things to keep in mind when you make a quest yourself. Yeah, so the first thing you're going to want to do is you want to go to like your nearest books a million and uh, buy a book that has all the quests in there for you and mm-hmm. just just read that. Yeah, do not uh, do not have any creativity whatsoever. Uh, don't listen to a podcast. Don't, don't no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, when you don't know the answer and it's in the middle of the session, make sure to pause the game for 20 minutes while you look through the book to figure out where that line just of dialogue look up a, just, is. Just go look up a quest on like Reddit or something. Just type in on the internet and, and go ahead and just read one. Uh, certainly don't send any questions to taraxicon at gmail.com uh, or suggestions, questions, comments, or concerns, and then we'll read them on a future episode. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. We would never want to hear from people that enjoy our content. No, but seriously, do that. Do that. Please. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, So, things to keep in mind when making a quest. Uh, These are going to be little tiny niche thing. Not niche. Tiny little thing. I wouldn't say these are like, this is not core to the quest. Mm -hmm. But by doing these things, you'll be adding uh, some flavor to your quest to accentuate kind of the thing you're going for. Uh, so number one, you're going to want to have traps and tricks. And there is a difference. Uh, traps is the physical mechanical dungeon uh, where it is trying to expend resources or hurt your players. Something that can um, get them stuck that they'll have to get themselves out of. Or if they're keeping an eye out, they will uh, spot it and then have to work with disabling it or working mm-hmm. it around. Or working around it whereas a trick is more of you 
uh, kind of confusing your players in a way where you're being purposely vague about certain things and uh, maybe they want to go in this hallway that you've made to be very nice but it's actually very dangerous and it kind of puts on that mental trickery so where they can't trust the things they see and they can't trust you obviously you want to be honest with your players but when they are in a dungeon and they're in a event or they're doing a quest uh, having some things that's going to make them expend resources without hurting them because they're not sure if they need dark vision, <laughs> but they're going to cast dark vision just in case because you say that they might have heard a sound in the darkness. Uh, doing things like that is going to help uh, make your quests a little more spicy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of using honesty to trick the players, you know? Uh if they roll poorly on something, even if it is something completely innocuous, you just tell them, huh, nothing that you know, or not as far as you know, those types of things. <laughs> My oh, player just rolled a natural 30 on his perception check. Uh, yeah, there's nothing that you know of in here. <laughs> okay, guys, so it means we're good or we're fucked. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> they don't know. Uh, but speaking of not knowing, so we have written down here multiple endings. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the idea of multiple endings so much as uh, we probably should have put multiple solutions. I was thinking multiple possible endings. Uh... Yeah, I mean, things can change in the story, and that makes for a you know compelling story as well as just the idea that, uh, well, they can affect change in something, right? But yeah. multiple solutions makes it to where, sure, they might not have to fight the BBEG. It could be something along the lines maybe of... Maybe they could befriend them. Yeah, maybe he just needed a friend the whole time. Or maybe you just realized you were actually evil this whole time. <laughs> There's, yeah, many solutions. But that, that makes a quest uh, feel, well, compelling and just fun. You know, uh, yeah, not straightforward. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like you don't know where the quest is gonna go. You don't know if you do it a certain way. Because most people, you go in the dungeon, you go kill the bad guy, you kill everything in the dungeon. But you start adding like twists and turns to kind of indicate that there is a different story here than just what is portrayed to them. It's mm -hmm. gonna make them try new creative things and think about things in a different way. That maybe they don't have to kill the guy. Maybe they find his his room his quarters that he's not in and they just see that like oh he's a family man and he's just doing this for his family <laughs> so then you use that against him and you threaten to kill his family so uh another that's just an example of that but mm -hmm. uh twists and turns is also something you want to look to implement uh pretty straightforward you just want to make sure that uh there are some ways in your quest that will catch your players off guard like how do you do that so you're walking, you're go let's say it's in a church. Obviously, you're going in the church, and everything's hunky-dory, and then you find out they're all actually demons. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I could kind of see that. Like, I am surprised. It is not. It's, it is against the norm, but I'm not surprised because demons in church, like, you know, hand in hand. But then you find out that they are demons, but they're still, they still are actually priests of the church. <laughs> Uh, just like a vampire who worships Jesus or something, mm -hmm. like or a, a Christian vampire. He's like, yeah, it really sucks. I gotta hold this cross and it burns me. But I, you know, I'm just strong in my faith. Like that would that it's like a subversion onto a twist itself. Yeah, that's certainly interesting. I'm also a big fan of uh, 
you know, players coming across somebody's journal. It kind of gives a, a good, diary. Yeah, it gives them a good look into kind of why they are the way they are. Because rarely is a bad guy just straight up evil, you know? And uh, if you are making bad guys just straight up evil and they want to rule the world for entirely selfish purposes, while it happens, it's just not nearly as often. Um, I've heard Also, once, your players won't care too much. They'll feel justified in killing them. Yeah. So they'll just be like, all right, I'm here to kill you, and there's nothing else. doesn't matter what anything else happens. You're evil. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I've heard once that there's a very fine line between a hero and a villain. Uh, it's just that heroes tend to go for the good, you know? So, in for instance, uh, in one of my campaigns in the past, there was, you know, somebody hell-bent on world domination. But it turns out what it really was is he just felt that he was going to best be able to manage resources and take care of everybody. I'm the god here. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even necessarily that, uh, a, well, I mean, it was slightly a god complex for sure, but it was more along the lines of, hey, things are bad right now, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make them good. You know, so that's certainly uh, adds a little bit of gray into what would otherwise just be a black-and-white quest. And uh, that's that's fun for twists and turns. Taking all of this in mind, you start making these quests. Uh, you got your twists, turns, traps, tricks, multiple solutions. Uh, so, what else can you do? Uh, well, if you are going to... If you are going to make a quest for a specific character, for example, for like a storyline or backstory or whatever... Uh, just make sure that when you're doing it for, I don't know, the paladin goes on a quest for to further his faith in his god, make sure that you still give things for the other party to do. Uh, don't just make it about make it all about the paladin, and then everyone has to just sit in the back and fall the whole time, because then they're going to want to start doing other things that aren't quest-related, and it's going to start taking away from that paladin's main quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's better just to have inclusion for the whole party in someone's quest, give them something to do, something to pursue, some way to help. Yeah, I mean, it also helps them feel a bit more immersed into the game in my opinion you know say if it is for backstory purposes that they are doing a quest uh giving all of them a role in it allows them to feel as you know as though they are affecting the the new backstory of the paladin you know uh it, it again puts them into the world it allows the group to become more tight-knit and uh just it's good all around but uh another good thing to do and thing to something to keep in mind when you're making a quest is rewarding your party members appropriately uh if they go out and say they're all level eight and they go out and collect 30 wolf pelts you shouldn't be giving them 300 gold or giving them 10 wolf pelts (laughs) <laughs> hey, you keep some of that. Congratulations. You just have 10 wolf pelts now. That's for what you, you, bucko. <laughs> That's for you. You get to you have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, you know. So if you don't 
reward them appropriately. Say if it's a, a bad reward that they don't like or they're feeling just that it was unrewarding in general, they're not going to keep taking the hooks. They're going to be like, well, what's the point? You know, another 10 gold. Ooh. Yeah. And- also, um, if you also don't want to be giving like a spell book to the fighter. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's uh, gonna be like, great, I can wipe my ass with this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you can give a wizard a sword, and then he'll say, great, I can wipe my ass with this. <laughs> with the, I think there's ob- the obvious uh, exception of if you've talked with that player before, and they've hinted that they might multi-class or something along those lines, then, you know, it might be an appropriate reward, but clearly that's thinking about what that character would like. Uh, but also, I was going to say, with uh, if you reward them, say they do the quest for killing wolves and getting the pelts, and they all get 200 gold each, well, then you've inflated everything. And any time there's going to be something harder, you're going to have to come up with even better rewards. Start low. Yeah, absolutely. If they're level one and they do, they go kill five wolves for five wolf pets for pet, or pelts for a level yeah. one quest. Give them motherfuckers like five gold or like yeah, five silver, five silver a pop, and then that way when they're level twenty, you don't have to give them thirty million gold for a reward. <laughs> you can give them one thousand gold, and they'll say, "Wow, that's more money than I've got this entire campaign." Yep. Yep. You they will, they will feel appropriately rewarded, and they will want to continue. In the the overarching journey, but you were saying earlier as well with uh, inclusion, including all of the other people and say the paladin quest, you want to make sure that everybody has a purpose in the quest. So even if it is for backstory, everybody should be able to fill in a role. There might be you know a, a bit of a heist in it where the the rogue might have a you know can shine in that moment. There might be a moment of, oh, they've run into a whole bunch of sickly people, so the paladin and cleric, you know, they get a moment to shine, and so on and so forth. As long as everybody is able to say, well, there was that one part in the quest that, you know, I my character had a really good time doing that, then it is a successful quest. So, uh, doing all of this in mind... Uh, there's only really a couple more things that we can think of to look for, kind of like to spice up your quest even further. Uh, we've already mentioned this a little bit before, but mm-hmm. we're going to reiterate it again. Make sure that you do kind of set the mood and danger beforehand. If it's going to be a dark quest and you have to go kill a lot of people and you might die because you're fighting a lot of powerful people make sure that your players are aware of that don't say don't have a guy come and say can you come pick flowers with me (laughs) and they say sure and then you take them to hell and then they have to kill like the flowers are actually like inside of a person and they have to like rip his guts out to get the flowers cool quest but (laughs) uh you uh want to make sure that your players are aware that it was a demon who approached them yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and when he said flowers, he kind of was alluding to entrails. So you can kind of get the idea that it's not flowers that you're trying to get. <laughs> oh, did I say flowers? Excuse me, I misspoke. I meant gallbladders. 
<laughs> They're flowers to me. <laughs> I think they smell great. <laughs> Plant um, them, put them in your recipe. Yeah, you can do all kinds of things. Um, but anyways, so another important thing, and again, it's something we've kind of already discussed a little bit, is using timing to balance out how players will react and strategize to complete the quest. You know, as you were saying earlier with traps and tricks, having them expend resources on the way there is a great way to use that to balance out how they might strategize, you know. Uh, if they've used up all of their spell slots, then the, the wizard and, you know, sorcerer and whatever spellcaster is in your, your party might have a difficult time in the upcoming boss fight, and that might affect how things go. You know, especially on, from a DM standpoint, it's a lot easier to do something like that and be able to balance an encounter because that you know, okay, they're probably going to end up using a good bit of spell slots over here, and you know, there's going to be a little bit of damage involved here, so they're not coming into this fresh, so I don't need to send everything I've got to them right now. And, uh, I think that is about all we could think of on Quest, but uh, we do uh, have some other things to talk about in regards of balancing. Because uh, obviously when you're giving rewards to players, you now know to give them something that's at least similar, like useful to them, or maybe they can trade the, it for another item that someone mm -hmm. else might need. Uh, but let's say that it is like a sword for the fighter. Uh, you obviously, if it's a level one quest, you don't want to give them Excalibur. Uh, <laughs> oh, <come> and, <laughs> and if they are level 20, you don't want to give them a plus one longsword. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Might as well be shit on a stick. Uh, yep. You want to make sure that when you are rewarding your players, it is within their ballpark. You know, it doesn't have to be the best weapon for their level. It doesn't have to be the worst. Uh, it could be perfect. It uh, could not even be a sword for the fighter. It might be boots of speed, boots of flying, boots of something. You know, like not something that it's something that would be useful for everyone. It doesn't have to be specifically useful for them. Just make sure that it is useful. Uh, the the stick of shit that is just always covered in shit could be useful in some situations. It's not going to be too useful though. <laughs> Maybe make that add that on as like a side item. You know. Um, recently, I rewarded uh, my rogue. Now, this is a very rare item. This is uh, probably not good for maybe even the first five to ten levels or so. But uh, it's called Nauser's Marvelous Pigments. Mm, yep. And it is such an incredible item for a rogue. I mean, it's really good for anybody, but a rogue very in creative. particular. Yeah, it is. It allows for so much creativity. Uh, essentially, people can use the paint uh, to paint something into reality. Maybe paint a door on a wall. Uh, they could paint a pit and create a pit trap out of nowhere. And uh, there's just so many good uses for it. You never know. Well, to be fair, I think it does say you can only be like simple things, but yeah. you know, you're God. It could you could say it could do other things. I mean, it might do, just be a pillow. Who knows? Could just be a body <laughs> pillow. Makes sense. Um, 
you also want to make sure that in these quests, when you're, you know, being challenging to your players, you want to make sure that the amount of resources they're going to have to invest is also balanced. Uh, they're not going to want to do a quest that has a payout of 500 gold if they then have to pay 1,000 gold to revive their dead friend. Uh, and they, they, cause in there, the, you know, ah, here's a reward, you died, you know. Uh, you also want to make sure that uh, if the quest culminates, like they're about to get to the end of the quest, you want to make sure that you're not like completely um, sandbagging them and like making them use every spell slot. Because if the wizard gets in the final boss fight, here's the pinnacle of fun for them. And they have zero spell slots, so they get to just stand there the whole time. They're gonna be pissy, and they're not gonna have fun. So you gonna you want to make it's it's a hard balance, but it's something you want to look out for that you make sure they they use some, but not all of them. And if that means you have to make people easier to hit, or make them run away, or make them have less health, that's okay too. Um, in fact, it might throw off your players if they are fighting a bandit and they knew the bandit's AC was 15 and has a health of 20, but then you actually change it to a health of 10 with an AC of uh, 12. They might be a little confused, <laughs> but hey, you know, not everyone's the same. Fuck you for falling into stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, the, the last thing you can do is uh, balancing encounters. Which is kind of the same thing as player resources. You just you want to make sure that you're not giving them a bunch of super hard, dangerous, and deadly enemies. So, and actually, I think in Lost Mine of Fendelver, there's a random encounter you can get that will just completely wipe your party. It's it's like the traveling orc party. If you like, yeah. or Sturges even the group of Sturges. If you if they if they try to leave Fandolin and they're traveling. Uh, to um, talk to co go to Coneyberry to talk to Agatha I don't even know how I remember that shit from the <laughs> Silver Comb because she's a banshee uh, you can, if you do it at a low level if you accept that quest early on and you get jumped by Sturges which are like bat mosquitoes um, and you get like five of them they'll completely wipe your party dead Oh, yeah. And the orcs is like you need to be like level four for the orcs because they can just fuck you up. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, conversely, if you send out an encounter that's you know they're just mopping the floor with them, and they've been doing that for every encounter previous, well, there's no shame in having some reinforcements arrive. <laughs> you know, some, there's, some, there's uh, always ways around it. Gar king's guard that like they go on the king's road, but. They just so happen to go down this road just to kind of see, make sure there's no bandits or traps. You yeah, know, I was oh, they just so the happen. Opposite. You know, they run into three bandits. Well, there was bandits further back in the woods, and now they they caught up. You know, <laughs> there's no bandits here. You got some in the back. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you check you the back check? for me though? <laughs> can you check the back for me, please? <laughs> I'd like to see what the challenge is. Can you check in the back for me? See what's in the the bottom of the fridge. Yeah, I just need uh, fresh bandits, please. Fresh bandits, please. What's the expiration <laughs> on this? <laughs> oh no no these are tizzes. that's too close these bandits are only good for a day I need them good for longer I need I need to speak to your manager uh, so that's all we have to say on balancing but uh, now let's see um, we could I guess we could talk about some different types of hooks mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in a quest just to kind of help give people inspiration so Ethan let's say I am 
an adventurer. I'm going on a quest. A uh, very simple, straightforward quest. I have to take a box from one place to another place that is a day away. What kind of hook is going to make me want to do that quest? To bring a box somewhere? Yeah. It's a very simple quest. Why would I do it? You know, initially it doesn't make too much sense, but what what's going to pique my interest? Well, it mainly depends on the party, in my opinion. Uh, for instance, if you have a party full of people who uh, care about kids, well then maybe the kid needs this box given to his dad, and it's really important to him. You know, that, that might compel the, the party into being like, okay, kid, we got you. Uh, there could be... Hmm, Let's see. The it, box it, says "Do not open," <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's very easily openable. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it maybe could be for an important figure that's, uh, that's right. like a big name, they might need this box hand delivered, you know, as soon as possible. Um, yes, maybe a personal package for the king. There's this very funny episode uh, of this very. Um, Adult Swim show where it was like, can you just, can you just please bring this box to the princess? And then when they brought it to her, <laughs> it was like a bomb. <laughs> it was yeah. a fucking. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you you probably seen that one. Yeah, smiling you? friends. Right. Yeah. It was a yeah. fucking bomb. <laughs> Great show. Great show. Um. So those are some just some basic types of hooks. Let's say, or, uh, Ethan, I, you know, I might have done you wrong by putting you on the spot, so you give me <laughs> one now. <laughs> okay. Um, give me a hook for... Dang, you're putting me on the spot again. You're doing me no, dirty, yeah. man. <laughs> um. <laughs> I gave you the chance to make up for it, and you fucked it up a second time? Uh, Fuck let's you. See. <laughs> okay. Perhaps it's an escort quest for somebody who is a bard. So the person they're escorting is a bard? Yeah. Okay. Well, my, my immediate first knee-jerk reaction is that the escort quest becomes an escort quest. Oh. <laughs> uh, 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 talking to the bard too much, are you? Eyebrow wiggles. Uh, eyebrow wiggles. Uh okay so you're a party you're passing by there's this bard they say hey i need you to help get me from one town to the other i also have a box <laughs> <laughs> what's in the box <laughs> um maybe what happens is you realize that the town the bard is going to has something to do with the backstory of another person. Maybe the person, mm. the bard, is related to the backstory of someone. Like he knows your father or your sister. He might know your sister, and you want to. <laughs> you like, how do you know my sister, bard? Let's let me fucking figure this shit out. Uh, maybe he has some loot on him that looks very suspicious. Maybe some narcotics. Maybe uh, evil cursed weaponry. Uh, maybe he's very fidgety, but uh, he's the, the pay is good, but he's very quick and eager to get out of town. Mm -hmm. And you see some guards looking for someone, looking around. Uh, those are some little bit of hooks to get you into it. I wouldn't say they're very strong. Uh, maybe what would be funny is he hands you an item 
and you say, what is this? And then the guards come around the corner, and they say, hey, you're stealing this stuff too. And the bard's <laughs> like, all right, you're in this with me now. We have to go. <laughs> We're going to get arrested. <laughs> That's going to make you, no, no, we'll just explain to the guards. And the bard's like, well, you think they're going to believe you? <laughs> uh but yeah that's another example of a hook kind of a more more of a grab than a hook <laughs> yeah, yeah but uh, uh, a hook nonetheless i would also think it would be pretty fun if uh you know you gave him the hook they're bringing the bard and he's like right outside of town he's like okay hey guys listen so uh i need y'all to smuggle me in i'm technically banned from this town i'm not supposed to be here <laughs> He's a gnome, so the idea is just put him in a box. <laughs> What's up and then the guard, <laughs> you go up to the guard, and then the guard's like, "What's in the box?" And you're like, "Oh, nothing. No, nothing in the box." Frosted flakes. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no, I'm, oh, I'm good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, another thing we could talk about just uh, briefly is, um, instead of types of hooks, we could talk about types of rewards. Uh, you know, we already talked a lot on rewards, but uh, just a couple examples of, like, loot you want to make sure is, like, appropriate or interesting for your party. Let's just say if you got all, all the players in this scenario are going to be, let's just say, level 5. Uh, they just finished a quest where they had to climb a tower to stop it from burning from the top down let's just say that's that was the quest so the guards in the town thank them very important significant historical town uh the town probably get, has some loot to be had in their coffers maybe some special items uh let's think about what kind of rewards uh this level five party would get from this town uh, first thing off my mind, I'm already thinking of like a figurine of wondrous power and a, a low level one. Um, Those are always good. Big fan of the raven. Say it's like yeah, raven one like very. <laughs> you could just say it's very historical. Uh, been been in the town's the history. The dog one's always really nice too. Love me a good dog good figurine. Boy. Good boy, good solid rock boy. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I do like having an insignia that contains the crest of like that town's noble or you know a high powered figure there that's always we didn't fun. talk about that but another potential reward that people can get can be like land or titles or boons yeah, or yeah. favors uh so that is an important kind of reward system you want to uh keep in mind that you could potentially be giving them uh level five is like a, and this is assuming this is like D D. i'm sure most people have no, if you're watching this podcast, you probably play D&D. You might play Pathfinder, Starfinder, all these like, cyberpunk, you know, all this other shit, Star Wars, uh, Mouse Guard, just some things off the top of my head. But <laughs> if, um, you know, level five is another, like, you know, the next tier up. So, you know, it, maybe it's time for some magic items, time for some plus ones. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. You know, you want to make sure that uh, everyone's getting on their way to doing magic because... And when you give rewards, you know, I know people like to roll for these things, and you can roll, but I I roll for my loot for my players, but I also make sure I tailor it. If I roll something and it's a plus one longsword, but they're level 20, I'm not going to be like, well, that's what the roll was. Sorry, you get shit. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to re-roll it. Um, but, 
you do want to make sure that like if one player is getting a magic item like let's say they get a magic weapon even if it's not plus one it's just a magic weapon so it does magic damage so we can overcome the resistances of the monsters you start to encounter at level five that will have that resistance everyone else is going to be doing half damage and you're going to be doing full damage you're going to get a big party imbalance so you want to make sure that if you're making them transition there that either there's going to be another quest that's going to be quick that's going to give everyone else their rewards or you just make sure everyone in is going to get some sort of magic weapon maybe the town is like we have a set of magic weapons and we would love to as for protecting the town and keeping it safe we would love to give you a set of these weapons you know from our armory yeah yeah uh you know also like uh spell scrolls which are great for wizards because they can use them or they can put them into their own spell book maybe it was a wizard's tower you stopped from burning down so obviously the the wizard who owns the tower is like hey man oh reward you you look at my spell book bro earlier you did say giving them land and deeds and things like that uh i will say i would hesitate to give players a reward of like their own shop because that can become more of a drawback as they then have to focus on making sure that is being ran and gold's going into it and da 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 there's and if, it, if you give their own base as a reward uh make sure it's not something that they can deck out and pimp out immediately obviously don't make it mm-hmm. a trash heap because they're going to want to fix it uh just make it very basic just base of operations it has beds has storage has food you know it's not like anything special one floor house it may be yeah uh, i didn't personally give my character or my players uh, a base of operations until because you want them to travel and everything yeah it wasn't until they got to the point where they were able to cast teleport then it was okay yeah a base of operations would be good at this point yeah because now they're already sipping around anyways mm-hmm. uh and so yeah i think those are some good things to keep in mind ultimately uh i'll just review these points one last time just to make sure you know you have your quest it's about the journey it's going to be about the danger and the difficulty as well then you want to make sure that the reward is sufficient as well make sure you have some hooks some twists and turns uh make sure you're set in the mood make sure it's helping your characters feel alive let them contribute as well Make sure everyone has a part, multiple solutions to that quest, and um, have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as was said earlier, please feel free to reach out to us at taraxicon at gmail.com. Send us anything that you found that you thought was interesting, questions you might have. Uh, Hell, if you came into a problem in one of your campaigns or at the table anything along those lines feel free to send that to us and we can talk about it on the podcast and uh, obviously we'll email you back with the answer that way you don't have to wait you know a week or two to to actually get the answer uh, we know Spoilers. you would need that a bit quicker uh, and yeah that's uh that's pretty much all we got With that being said, thank you for taking a mystical dive into our tabletop lexicon. Join us in the future as we embark on the next episode of Taraxicon. Taraxicon.